We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. A number of players having season-high performances tonight. Miles McBride leading the way, the 21-year-old rookie, the best game of his brief NBA career, 15 points, 9 assists, no turnovers, 4 steals, and playing 35 minutes. He played 33 total minutes before tonight all season as Matthews knocks that one down, and he plays 35 tonight. And the Knicks will just dribble it, dribble it out. A terrific fourth quarter for the Knicks. All right. Sorry for the uh, slightly delayed start there. Um, been having computer issues all night long. Um, much like the Knicks, we're having some issues throughout this evening. But thankfully, they figured it out in large part because of one young man. Well, actually, not really one young man. This game was about this game was about two guys. Um, and, uh, I will say that it's going to be tempting to go over the top about one of those players tonight. The other one, we've seen him do it before. It's going to be tempting to go over the top about one of those players tonight. Um, we'll get to him in a second and we'll get to quickly in a second. I, I do at least want to acknowledge this is the Houston Rockets. They were playing on the second night of a back-to-back. They had uh, three starters injured, I believe, although one of those is Jalen Green, who is was not helping them win basketball games at all. Um, and the other one is Kevin Porter Jr., who's like, eh, little, uh, little hit and miss. Um, they were missing Christian Wood. But listen, this is still a team that won seven games in a row. This is still a team that has been giving people fits for a while. I know they got their ass kicked by Cleveland last night. Cleveland's been kicking a lot of people's uh, asses. Um, and and here's the reality of the situation. The Knicks have been playing, I don't want to say as poorly as any team in the NBA over the last three weeks, but it's it, they're in the conversation. Um, in terms of the stretches of basketball that they've gone through, they went through some stretches like that tonight. Uh, one in particular, which we'll, we'll talk about. Um, but over the second half of this game, the Knicks had – Three centers, three healthy centers, one healthy power forward, two healthy point guards. Um, I'm, well, I don't, I don't think we need to talk about Kemba Walker, but two point guards that they actually, you know, are in the rotation. And and by the way, Kemba Walker shouldn't have played tonight. And they had two wings, Evan Fournier 
and Alec Burks. And those two wings, um, what we're going to talk about, Mr. Fournier, um, there's a reason he didn't close out this game. He only played 28 minutes in a game where they absolutely needed all the wing depth that they could get. And Alec Burks went two for 10. And they found a way to win the game. Um, and they found a way to win the game because of a commitment to something that they have not committed too much at all throughout this year. And that's defense. Um, and the personification of that commitment to defense was, of course, Deuce McBride. So the Knicks got Deuce McBride with the 36th pick in this year's draft. Um, a lot of mock, a lot of mock drafts going leading up to the draft for anybody who may have forgotten or isn't into mock drafting. Um, you know, he was in the mid twenties, maybe 21, 22, 23, mid twenties, maybe low 20s. He ended up falling to 36. And uh, Jonathan Wasserman, who studies the draft and knows the draft better than anyone, tweeted out earlier tonight that part of the reason that he um, fell that, that high, that long in the draft, was because teams weren't sure of what position he could play. Because he's 6'1", um, so he's not – I mean, we're going to talk about the defense, obviously. It's an honor of Deuce. Um, he's 6'1", so, you know, there's you, you're, you're, you're okay with the switch, maybe up one position, but you can only do so much when you're 6'1". Um, and is he a point guard? Is he not a point guard? Well, tonight Deuce McBride had nine assists in 36 minutes and looked uh, eminently comfortable running the point. Is he your classic point guard? No. Is he much more of a combo guard? Absolutely. Um, well, guess what? The league is run by combo guards nowadays. There's very few true, quote-unquote, true point guards left. Um, and Deuce McBride, still young, 21 years old. The shot is real. The defense is, I mean, I just, I have to write a newsletter tomorrow for tomorrow and uh, these, you know, Substack, love Substack. Shout out to Substack for the Knicks Film School newsletter. You can only fit about nine or ten uh, clips, like little gifs, in the in the newsletter before it gets too long to send out. I'm, I want to have nine or ten clips of, of Deuce McBride's defense alone to forget about anything else that happened in this game. And there's a lot else that happened in this game. The kid absolutely, absolutely changed everything about this game. I know they had, you know, whatever it was, 39 points in the first half and or the first quarter, excuse me. Um, but the Rockets were getting everything they wanted. And it was atrocious defense. And uh, I don't want to talk about the bad yet, but he came in and, and he absolutely changed the complexion of the game. Um, and when a rookie does that, and it's not like, look, let's just call a spade a spade. We always wanted Frank, to, uh, some of us always wanted Frank to come in these games because you felt there was some of that same spark, right? Well, this is Frank, except I, I hate to say it, he's better defensively because he's bigger. And he's like, Frank, we saw, you know, small guards occasionally would, would blow by him. No one's blown by Deuce McBride. I mean, he fights around screens. I mean, he we saw him in the post. Eric Gordon tried to post him up. Nothing doing. I, uh, there was just another guy, I think it may have been Gordon again, tried to pull him up, nothing to do it. Um, and then on offense, obviously, uh, aggressive, can shoot it, 
can shoot it off the bounce. Um, only thing he doesn't do is he doesn't get all the way to the rim yet. I know he had the beautiful transition finish. He had one pl- literally one play tonight, the entire night, played 36 minutes. He had one play the entire night I, that I highlighted is like needs to work on where he had a lean to the hoop and he bypassed it and he, and he passed out. That was the one knock, real knock of his game um, other than the positional question coming out of college. He didn't really finish a lot at the rim. Uh, instead of uh, that, he opted for, you know, mid-rangers and whatnot. Listen, that's fine. Great. We, we got him at the 36 pick uh, in part because of that. Um, not not to be outdone, Emmanuel quickly uh, had been in a little bit of a shooting slump. Obviously, 7 for 10 from deep tonight. Uh, don't discount his four assists. He earned those assists. Some really nice passes off the hands of Emmanuel quickly. And you know what? There's a reason why I haven't come on here at any point this year, even though he's now been through two separate shooting slumps. He's probably, after tonight, he's probably up to 34.7% from three on the year. Not what he was last year. I don't care. I, I could care less. Um, he's going to be a great shooter. He's, he is a great shooter right now. He's going to be a great shooter. And for me, his year all season long has been about just consistency of approach on both ends of the floor. He's one for 10. He's eight for 10. Doesn't change how he defends. Doesn't change how he goes about his business. Um, I, 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 I'm so high on these two kids and the kids that didn't play tonight. Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin, get well soon, both of you guys. R.J. Barrett, we have not forgotten about you. Um, but it, it really does need to be said, this front office drafted these four kids. Obi, Grimes, quickly, dudes. They know what the fuck they're doing. I understand free agency didn't work out so well. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but I'm going to stay focused on the good for now. I don't want to get into the bad yet of tonight. And there was some bad. You know, I know I God, talk about the absolute worst 23 point game on 12 shots that you could ever hope to see. Um, but I digress. Uh, I, I believe in this front office. I believe in the culture of this team still that they're bringing in a certain type of player, certain type of person. There's buy-in. Like, that's the thing. Uh, the reason I'm not, like, apoplectic or really worried about the long-term with this franchise and with this organization is because clearly the kids that they are drafting and bringing in, buying in hook, line, and sinker. Okay. Um, I just talked a lot. Uh, we have a ton of Super Chats already. Thank you to everybody in the chat. We already have 600 people here watching um, and a bunch of super chats. I'm going to get to them, and then we'll we'll talk about some other stuff. Matthew Baltig- Baltiglieri, uh, thank you for your contribution. We appreciate it. Brian Carter with first comment and my favorite comment of the night. How can we employ 15 Deuce McBrides? I had the same fucking thought during the game when he was out there doing his thing. I was like, what would what appendage wouldn't Tom Thibodeau offer to cut off if he could just have five Deuce McBrides out there on the court at the same time? Tom Thibodeau's wet dream. Deuce with pride, how he plays, how he how he approaches the game. Absolutely. Stevens Giamme, starting the Deuce with pride is our new starting point guard fund. So, you know, I, I don't want to spend too long on this because we, we got a lot of good super chats in here. Tibbs, you know, so let's just go through it. Put the center position aside. You got Randall, you got Obi. Fournier, 
I, I don't know what's going to happen over the next month and a half in terms of trades or whatnot. We could talk about that in a bit. As long as he's here, he's going to play. Um, Burks should play. He's he's been really good. And then you got and then quickly, obviously, he's going to play as well. Rose, I know he's hurt right now. He's going to play. And then what does that leave? That leaves oh RJ. I forgot about RJ. That's nine guys. That's nine guys. And it leaves Quentin Grimes and Deucing Pride. Now, Rose went out with an ankle tonight. We'll see how serious that is. Um, they're going to have injuries throughout the rest of the year. COVID fucking blowing up the NBA as we speak. Is there going to be opportunities for both of these kids to play most nights? Yeah. But I, I, I don't envy Tibbs one bit. I don't envy, envy Tibbs one iota with what he has in, in front of him as far as decisions. Because every, obviously everyone's going to want them to, to bench Fournier. Um, that, that you can't. You can't do that. Not not a guy making eighteen million dollars a year. Um, for for because if you do that, it's terrible asset management. It's not because I care about Evan Fournier, um, or or that because he makes a certain amount of money, he has to. No, it's asset management. I don't know what to do. Um, I don't know what to do. We'll see how they manage it. I don't have an answer right now. CT Pittman. I swear, if Tibbs goes back to his traditional lineup when everyone is healthy, then I know he's the tank commander. What is the traditional lineup at this point? What is it? I don't know. Um, you know, we're not – we know we're not getting more than a couple minutes of Randall at the five, so we're getting two centers. If Randall was a full-time small ball five, you could fit everybody else. Um, I don't – I don't – I don't – I don't know what to do. Again, I'm going to say it very clearly. Evan Fournier, I don't give a shit how many points he had tonight, what his efficiency was. That was one of the most atrocious performances I've seen from a Nick this season. What he did on defense, his approach on some possessions on offense, um, the urgency or lack thereof with which he approaches this the, approach this game as he has been approaching several games. He got hot tonight. He had some shots. Good for him. You hadn't paid $18 million a year. You still suck. Um but you can't bench him. Can't bench him. Um, and, and Tibbs is not going to, you know, he's not going to play 11 guys in the rotation. The thing is, are there going to be, are there going to be injuries and, and guys who sit out that are going to allow you to play both Grimes and, and um, Deuce. But I mean, how do you bench this kid? How do you bench him? And then the other answer obviously is a trade. So where's the trade that frees up some, some room. I don't know. Um, Ryan Hoang. With the young guys playing so well, um, is is it fair to call starting Fournier? Is it fair to call starting Fournier to drum up value a bad tanking move? I'm here for the quick deuce minutes. Um, you know, I, I mean, Fournier started his whole career. I think he's probably most comfortable starting. I think it would raise red flags around because here's the thing: other front offices, other teams, like they don't watch every one of the Knicks games. They're going to look at the numbers. They're going to look at okay, Fournier is still starting. All right. I, I, I don't. I don't think it's all about his trade value either. I think part of why Tibbs is going to continue to start him is is because he um, he's trying to get him right. He's just in a terrible place right now. He's in an awful place. So what do you do? You keep keep playing him to hope he gets out of it and or do you, do you sit him on the bench and then try to you know potentially muck up that here's the other part of it i love quickly coming off the bench i've always been consistent about that that i love quickly coming off the bench 
the move to me that the potential move to me is once RJ comes back, do you start Rose Burks, RJ? Um, and then bring Fournier off the bench. But then, you know, I, I don't know. I, I really don't have an answer right now. I, I, I wish I did. Uh, the, a trade is the answer. Um, G beers have known. We had something in deuce since first time I saw him play at WVU. Can Tibbs put him on the bench after he played him the entire second half? Ran the offense so well, great passes, no forcing. I tell you this, Tibbs doesn't want to stick him. Like we're sitting here, and we we you know we talk about Tibbs and, and the decisions he makes, and I understand it's, it was frustrating at times last year. It's been frustrating this year, and I have sympathy for anybody who's frustrated. But to pretend like Tibbs doesn't feel all the same things that we feel, and is but but you have to recognize that he is hamstrung by larger issues like you can't stick a guy with two more years and $36 million uh, on the bench and, and tell him to go, you know, just sit and watch games for a while. You can't do it. Cause then you've just taken a, a, a potentially movable asset that you can't just, you, you can't burn that money on fire and you've thrown it in the toilet. Um, Again, I don't. I don't really have. I don't really have a great. You know, you want you want to sit Burks. He's been. He's. You could argue that. I mean, I know he shot two for ten tonight. I, he helped them win this game. Um, he's been good. Does Rose maybe need a break? Maybe that's how you do it. Maybe you give Rose a break. I don't know. I don't know. Is, is Rose hurt? Is Rose? We'll see. Rose has been a little not. You know, not not great of late. So um, you know, we'll see. Um, Andrew, uh, as usual, the super chat uh, screws me over. Uh, see if you could get any that I missed. Um, Kevin Danishevsky missed the game because of work. BS. Sorry, Kevin. Uh, but good win. John, what's your ideal rotation when everyone on this team is healthy? Deuce and Quentin Grimes should start. Let's start both rookies. Uh, yeah, I mean, look. Um, Here's my thing with, with Derrick Rose. I think Derrick Rose, it makes the most sense to start. I also think Derrick Rose should only be playing 22 minutes a game. Having a starter out there who only plays 20 minutes a game, having a starting point guard out there who only plays 22 minutes a game is completely antithetical to everything Tibbs believes in. Um, I don't know that it's fair to start a rookie second-round pick at point guard. I don't I don't know. My, my answer is I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to say they need to make a trade. Um, and yeah, Fournier is the obvious candidate to get traded, you know, or, I mean, that's what we all want, right? That's, if you're asking me like, what is my ideal? My ideal is trade Fournier and, and, and your, your, uh, start Rose have Deuce back him up RJ quickly at the, at the, uh, at the two, um, Burks Grimes at at the three and then. Randall Toppin at the four. That'd be great. Be wonderful. It's not going to be that easy to trade Fournier. I think this is going to be a situation moving forward that they're going to have to figure out. I have a feeling there may be some selective rest here and there. Um, Harry Donor, what's going on, Harry? Always love when you comment. In my opinion, Mitch finally playing well was the most important factor going forward. A word on Mitchell Robinson, because if anybody was paying attention to me on Twitter tonight, I was murdering Mitchell Robinson. Absolutely murdering Mitchell Robinson. Uh, for his defense. I thought his defense was bad for pretty much the entire night, with the exception being the moments where 
Mitch could do the things that Mitch does, which is um, he can he has amazing timing, incredible timing on his jumps, when to block, when to rise for a block. Um, he is really good at anticipating shot attempts. Um, he's good on the block. Um, all those things. His movement in space, his awareness off the ball tonight, his engagement mentally in the game for most of this one, on defense specifically, I thought was terrible. Um, and I thought it cost them and it really hurt them. And then Taj comes in, and Taj alongside Mitch, someone made a comment on Twitter, um, he really does help clean up some of that stuff. On offense, I thought he was great, um, especially obviously in the fourth quarter. And that's something that Mitch has done all season long. I haven't, I haven't had a problem with Mitch on offense this year. Offensive rebounds, lob threat, um, all that stuff. Would you like to see him diversify what he does a little bit more? Yes. Does that hurt you when you're playing a defense that knows how to exploit the fact that you have a center that can't put the ball on the floor? Absolutely. Even so, it's nice to see him do those things on the offensive end. Um, I still have my real serious concerns about him on, on defense. And it's why the notion of going to get Miles Turner still is very appealing to me. And my God, if there's a way to use Fournier's salary in a Miles Turner trade, I don't know if that's going to be possible. It may, I don't know, maybe you need to bring in a third team. I, I, I don't know. Would that cost you too much by way of draft, draft assets? Uh, we'll see. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis 
analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Jeremy, start deuce. One, two, start deuce. Three, trade Evan Fournier for virtually anything you could get. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, good comment. Uh, Hush Zoo, starters played down to the competition. Bench plays like the Knicks we know. It's been that way all season long. Again and again, Tibbs has a good problem now with Deuce and Grimes. It's a great problem, but it is a problem. Um, but it is nice to know that – and this is why, like, I've, I've written a few times over this week in the newsletter the notion of, like, if this season continues to go sideways, uh, is there a pivot towards trading off some pieces? exploring the market for Julius Randle. We haven't talked about him yet tonight. I mean, some, I just, it means more of the same, you know, he shot it well from outside. Great to see, uh, shot it without uh, hesitancy from the outside. Great to see the defense. I mean, I was watching some of those defensive possessions as we all were, where the Rockets were just putting Randle and Fournier in an action together. That's that's not that's not fair. That should be disallowed by the league to be able to exploit both Randall and Fournier on defense. And then when you got a guy like Mitch who's not really moving very well, it's it's I mean it's 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 atrocious. Um, worst case scenario, the thing keeps going sideways. You you do have these kids to to fall back on, and and whatever happens down the stretch of the season, we're in a playoff race. They start to turn it around. They figure out the rotation. Good news. Play more of the kids. Good news. Let chips fall where they may. Um, Tyler Michaels. Is there a per 48 stat? Uh, yeah, there's a per 48 uh, stat. Um, we'll need that for Deuce since he's never coming out of the game. Uh, seriously, they'll love his passing ability, which surprised me. Yeah, I mean, I thought the passing ability was pretty good um, coming out of school. Obviously, I didn't do the research on him that like draft experts do, but like the games that I watched, he seemed like he was a good solid combo guard could run the show. Certainly not a two guard, like masquerading as a point guard or like just an undersized two. I thought he was a true combo with some point guard upside. Um, and then you factor in the shooting and everything else. Really good stuff. Chris Carter, apropos of nothing. Steven Silas seems like a cool dude. who got dealt a raw deal. And I hope he finds success as a head coach. I think he's done wonderfully with this team. To come back and win seven games in a row after you've lost 15 straight, I mean, that's awesome. That's really fucking cool. And he has these guys playing hard. He has guys like Daniel Tice, who's a veteran, got him engaged. Uh, DJ Augustine, he's got him engaged. They try to make the right play on offense all the time. You know, they play hard on defense. I mean, they certainly stifled the Knicks a lot tonight on defense. Um, I think he's doing a good job. I think they got themselves a coach for a while, and I think he's going to be a good coach. Um, Lunas Emirat. Evan Fournier got revenge on the state of Texas over that stake. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, on, again, on offense, he had a nice night. Um, good to see him hit shots. Still, though, some of the possessions 
were were rough on both ends. Um, also, you can't convince me Tibbs didn't create Deuce in a lab to play point guard for him. The quick Deuce duo. What I, I mean, my my thinking is that, like again, we're putting the cart before the horse. In the NBA today, the way the game is played, you can't have a better bench guard duo than Deuce McBride and Emmanuel Quickly. I know we're all sitting here and being like, start Deuce, you know, start quickly the whole thing. If, if, if this team ever actually gets really good and is a real contender, and I don't know what has to happen for that to happen, um, but quickly and Deuce off the bench – you're not doing any better than that. And, and, you know, and guys who could play guys who could play uh, significant minutes off the bench. Um, we'll see. Um, I'm just noticing that uh, your own, your own uh, Weissman responded. Uh, here's my question. Been clear for a bit now that the Knicks don't want him as their long-term center. I'm talking about Mitchell Robinson. But do you think they made a mistake not extending him in the offseason, which would have given him more trade value? Um, that's a great question, Jerome. I'm going to have to tweet him back in a bit. Um, do I think the Knicks made a mistake by not extending Mitchell Robinson in the offseason to give him more trade value? It depends, obviously, what the number is. I also just wonder, with the questions about how – mentally engaged he is. And obviously we've all seen his Instagram posts um, recently after game, like five minutes after games. Like, I wonder, is that why they didn't extend him? Because of the, of the fear of like, is this a guy that is going to like come off in a certain type of way where teams like fear having him on their books committed for multiple years at a certain amount of money that would be my answer at the same time if they could have gotten them on a certain number um in the offseason I, I just don't know what number they could have got him at um because we don't know what his agent wants because we don't know who his agent is at this point um ml nair the kids have to be opening tibbs eyes on both sides of the court i'm sure he loves what he's seeing um i'm sure he loves what he's seeing uh afae kennedy it's damn near 4 a.m. in Sierra Leone. Shout out to Sierra Leone. What's going on, my man? And staying up to watch this game was all worth it for Deuce. Uh, I'm glad it was worth it. And thank you for continuing to watch uh, even after the game and contributing so generously. Uh, IQ and Mitch uh, love playing with him. Yes, they do. Can't wait until Obi Grimes and RJ get back. They, listen, this team has an exciting young core. I know I said my piece on Mitch. RJ's been a little up and down. Still believe in RJ big time. Um, you know, but again, who this front office drafted. Uh, and by the way, he ends with hashtag play the kids. It's what we all want. It's what we all want. We all, we all want them to play the kids. Um, and I, again, I don't blame anyone for saying that they only want to see these guys. Because again, it's not like... We've seen Knicks teams in the past have young players and not play them when the team sucks and the team is tanking and they're still not playing the kids. That's frustrating. What's frustrating about this is the starters, it's not only that they're bad. They're, 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 they're like, 
again, I hate to point this out, but like it, it needs to be said. So Julius Randle played 32 minutes tonight against one of the worst teams in basketball. He was a minus nine. Let's say that again. Julius Randle played 32 minutes tonight against one of the worst teams in basketball, and he was a minus nine. I understand game to game plus minus is, as I say all the time, not worth the paper it's printed on. Except it's not one game or two games or five games or ten games. It's 29 fucking games or however many they've played this year. 27. Um, and because and the reason I know that is because, again, you could go look uh, on Twitter today. It was going around. The, the uh, 538 released their Raptor stats. And I don't love Raptor. Raptor is not perfect. It had uh, – who was it? Uh, Fred Van Vliet and uh, John Collins ahead of, of Kevin Durant. Again, not a perfect stat. That being said, it, it factors in on-off differential and it factors in production, which factors in efficiency. Julius Randle's 249 out of 250 players. And that's because on-off numbers like this have been this way all year long. Now, at some point, the coincidence starts to become a trend. It's just, it hasn't come for him. I hope it's coming. I just, the thing that frustrates me, you want to go through your offensive struggles and have a good game once every four games or whatever on offense, that's fine. He, he, He continues to let it affect his defense, and we saw it again tonight. I thought his defense was bad. Um, so yes, when everybody is like, play the kids, play the kids, play the kids, I have all the sympathy in the world for that because of what we're seeing when the kids are not on the floor. Uh, Mangu man, who would have thought that setting off ball screens, running something other than ISO sets and letting your guards make plays was a viable way of scoring. Well, if you've been paying attention, it's been that way for the bench all year. Derek Rose, Alec Burks, Emmanuel quickly. Now Deuce McBride. RJ when he plays with the bench, and it goes hand-in-hand with the comment I just made. When Randall's not on the court, that's how they play. Now, some people look at that, and they look at how the starters play and how the offense looks with the starters, and they want to blame Tom Thibodeau, and they want to say, it's your fault. You're the one who designs the offense. It's your fault. Well, again, I wonder why Tom Thibodeau magically – has the, the offense of the backups playing the way they, they do, whereas the starters play the way they do. And it seems to me as if he's between a rock and a hard place because he, because he has a power forward in Julius Randle who they brought in these other guards, Kemba and Fournier, to try to make it a more, I don't know what you want, what word you want to say, the type of offense that's not what we've been seeing, and it never really came together this year. And then it, and then it's like, okay, well, we're just going to go back to what we, we we did last year, which is through Randall, through Randall, through Randall. And then when Randall's not hitting shots, well, what are you going to do then? It's tough. I don't envy him, but I also don't blame him. Um, when players are playing badly, <laughs> this is what happens. Uh, Kenneth Escalona, the new starting five, question mark. 
Deuce Quick Burks Rob Rob uh, Mitchell Robinson Taj or Toppin. Problem is Randall with Fournier. Maybe maybe Fournier should shave so Randall does not hate him. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but um, here's what I do know. I do know Randall and Fournier cannot survive together on defense. That much I know. Unless you have two insanely good other wing uh, or wing slash guard defenders and a really, really solid defensive center, you cannot play Randall and Fournier together on defense and hope that your defense is going to be okay. Randall, aside from just being better on defense last year and giving more effort on defense last year, um, was was contained by those around him. Reggie Bullock, I thought, deserved more consideration. Not legitimate consideration. He deserved more votes for all defense. Um, RJ was was better. He was fine. He was, he was above the board. Above board. And then their centers were great. Their centers were awesome defensively last year. And then Alfred Payton, you know, say what you want. He couldn't be taken advantage of. You know, he he had some space cadet moments. I railed on his defense all year long. Uh, Anyone who said he was this kind of defensive maestro was not watching the games. He wasn't. But he also wasn't a zero. Um, And Fournier, I mean, my God, uh, some of the times he's out there with, the again, lack of competitiveness, lack of awareness. That combined with Randall plus the inconsistency of the centers on defense, they can't play together. And then, obviously, the offensive struggles are the offensive struggles. But I, I don't know. I still hope that they would come out of that. But but do they need to be broken up? Maybe. I I, I don't know. Uh, Jordan Bub, what's going on, Jordan? Don't forget about Rokas, Luca, and Sims. Build, build something special. Um, the front office has a plan and the front office definitely has a plan. And if Mitch can play like that, it will be all right. Hashtag play the kids. Uh, this is Tibbs post game. Um, we don't have Tibbs tonight cause they're on the road. You look at his development and he's a strong two way player. He plays with great energy on both sides of the ball. He plays multiple positions. He's unselfish. He sprays it out. If you sag off of him, he's going to shoot. He can make it and he can finish. Well, that's, well, that's pretty high praise. Um, uh, yeah, Rokas. Everybody loves Rokas. He's killing it overseas. I- I'd like to see it here. Same thing with Luca. He's killing it in the G League. He's hurt right now, apparently. He hurt his ankle, I think. Um, Sims I love. I love Sims. Um, yeah, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. But, again, a lot of young players on a roster that has also a lot of veterans. The, the next six weeks before this trade deadline are going to be very interesting. Very interesting. Dom Cappuccini. What's going on, Dom? Thank you for the contribution. I appreciate it, man. Uh, in first, at first I was with you on Mitch. Um, someone must have gotten his ear because I didn't recognize the fourth quarter, Mitch. Need a lot more of that. I guarantee do starts on Saturday. Impressive poise tonight. Well, here's what I think. In the interim, well, let me take a step back. It depends on the COVID stuff. Because if RJ, Grimes, and OB are still out on Saturday, I think that throws everything into, uh, you know, whatever. But if, like, one or a couple of those guys are back, 
does Deuce get to start and do they rest Rose? I think that's probably where we're looking at, but we'll, you know, we'll see. Um, and then fourth quarter, Mitch, like, yeah, I, I, I didn't think that the Brockets did a good job of, of putting him in positions to not be successful on defense. I want to go back and watch it and see if maybe he was just, he didn't make any mistakes. And that's why I didn't notice him making mistakes um, on defense in the fourth, but his offense was the ga- a game changer. Absolutely a game changer. Um, Aussie Knicks fan. Feels like we have a unique situation where playing the kids will help us in both the present and the future. Great job as always, KFS crew. Thank you. You're always so kind with the uh, contributions and obviously the kind words. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's why, again, I've been writing about it all week and I, hesit- I hesitate to use the word tanking if they, you know, whatever, moved on from any of these vets at or before the trade deadline because it feels like these kids really do have something in there. Now, let me just say very clearly, all of these kids have their limitations. There's a reason that Emmanuel Quickly was the 25th pick in the draft. There's a reason that Deuce McBride was the 36th pick in the draft. Like Quickly is, you know, there's a moment where he was driving um, on like the the semi break, and he had he had Tice, and uh, he beat Tice kind of off the dribble, but then the help came off the corner. And he had a great pass to Fournier in the corner. He didn't make it. He instead challenged Tice, and he got blocked. Now, on one hand, you like the aggressiveness. But on the other hand, like, point guard has to kick that out to the corner. There are moments like that where, where, where quickly – you can tell. He's not, he's not a starting caliber NBA point guard, at least if you're trying to really win games against decent teams. Deuce, rookie, again, small guard, doesn't really get all the way to the rim. Um, you could see it tonight. The, the handles, he doesn't have that breakdown ability. He's not yet a true, really good pick-and-roll point guard yet. Um, but that's 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 fine. That's growing pains. Um, but I just I, – I don't want anybody to think, like, if they go out and play Deuce quickly, Obi, RJ, Grimes, you know, Sim, whoever, you, you know, Mitch – the you know thirty five minutes a game for the rest of the year that that they're gonna like win more games than they lose that's not you know even Obi I quoted this stat recently I forget on here or in the podcast or some I don't know like do too much shit but like Obi's in the tenth percentile for usage uh, not usage sorry uh, for how many of his shots are assisted he gets assisted on everything it it it, it helps. When you're playing with a guard like Derrick Rose, and he's played three quarters of his minutes with Derrick Rose, that helps a lot um, in terms of Obi Toppin's productivity and putting Obi Toppin in positions to succeed. If all of a sudden you're only playing with Deuce, or you're only playing with Quickly, who don't have quite the veteran savvy of a Derrick Rose, is Obi going to look as good? So, like, I think there's, you know, in a, there at least has to be an, an acknowledgement that if you do. Again, if the season went sideways and you're only playing the kids or whatever, you know, it's not like they're going to, again, turn into the, you know, the 73 win Warriors. That said, I don't care. You know, none of us care because they play hard. They play the right way. And I think you're, you're building something because I think the culture is here. Um, I do think they do need to keep a couple of vets on hand to make sure that it's still like solid basketball. And I think, you know, again, we're always dancing around the same shit. It's it's Randall, it's Fournier, the two guys that are really, truly frustrating. 
Um, Josh Kyle, what's going on, Josh? Uh, killed it. Deuce killed it. I would say start Rose and have him come off the bench as a backup point guard. Trade the bad stake, a.k.a. Fournier or DMP uh, Kemba move. Again, it's, a little, it's very different from Kemba. I'm going to be very clear about this. Kemba Walker is signed after this year for one more year at $9 million. Evan Fournier is signed after this year for two fully guaranteed years at $36 million. Um, very, 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 very different animals. Um, can't bench Fournier. Uh, Anthony Sixto. Great seeing Taj again. Yeah, oh my God, I've been talking for 40 fucking minutes. I haven't mentioned Taj Gibson. Shame on me. Um, great game from Taj. I know he didn't hit the as many threes, you know, as, as he would have liked to. Uh, he was awesome. Defensively, the guy just is so solid. Not perfect. So solid, though. Uh, made some nice plays, knocked down a three on top of it. 50% three-point shooter, confirmed stretch five. I don't think he's 50% three-point shooter on the year, but sure. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hold on, we're gonna um, catch up here in the in the super chat. Uh, I see we have some fake trades here coming up. Oh, this is gonna be fun. Uh, okay, um, hopefully I didn't miss anything again, Andrew. If there's anything you know that I missed, shoot me a text. JD, Leon needs to make trades, bro. Um, yes, he does, but you know, um, other teams watch. Basketball games that the Knicks play. Um, I I don't know. Here's the problem. If there was a veteran on this team, like a Burks or a Rose, um, who you could get a first-round pick for, um, I think they'd be open to that. Um, But no one's giving you a first for those guys. You know, maybe to take back some bad money. Maybe somebody gives you a first for Rose and you take back some bad money. But, again, I don't want to trade Derrick Rose. I love Derrick Rose's influence on the other point guards. I love his connection with Obi Toppin. So, what, are you going to trade Alec Burks? You know, I, again, we all want to trade Fournier. But, like, that's not going to be easy necessarily. Um, and, and and I brought up on the halftime zone the notion of, like, because it was a Mark Berman reported, uh, you know, they're interested in Eric Gordon. And I was like, okay, here's the trade. Fournier plus a first for Gordon. Not our first, either the Charlotte first or the Dallas first. The Dallas first is top 10 protected. The um, the Hornets first is also, I think, whatever it is. If it converts next year, which is when it will probably convert, it's top 14 protected. Like, 
Are you selling low on Fournier? Absolutely. Um, should you wait to rehab his value? 100%. Do you have too many draft assets as it is, and do you need to unload one of those picks? Yeah. Do I want to un unload one of those picks in that trade as opposed to waiting and, and potentially seeing if I could pick up Miles Turner for a couple of – for the Dallas and the Charlotte first and maybe some seconds and like Kevin Knox and, and salary? So, that you know, you can't just – you can't just throw around first-round picks willy-nilly because you don't like a guy and you want to get him off your team. And I think at this point, you know, trading Fournier is going to be a little difficult. Uh, so, we'll, you know, we'll see what they do. Uh, Parrish Duggar, what's going on, man? Um, the issue is he has to have a quick hook on Evan. Yeah, I mean, I'll, again, it's you have to toe the line. And here's why you have to toe the line. And I want to be just very clear about this. The Knicks, no matter what they do this year, are not winning anything. They're not winning a championship. They're probably not winning a playoff series. They'd be lucky to get in a playoff game, let a play-in game, let alone win a play-in game. Also, you don't have to worry, I don't think, about the culture or the work ethic of the kids. Like, that's all set in stone. I think that's good. So then it's about, okay, development minutes, right? And you're talking about, okay, quick hook on Evan, give you five extra minutes for a kid to play. Is that worth telegraphing to the league that you are out on Evan Fournier? I don't know the answer to that question. Um, you know, if they start playing Evan Fournier 18 minutes a game, all of a sudden, when they throw his name around in trade talks, it's going to be like, as of now, they get at least with a straight face, be like, yeah, we know he struggled. That's obviously he struggled, but we're confident he's going to come out of it. Yeah, he's, we're not we're not putting him into trades right now. We, we He's part of the solution here. They can still say that with a straight face. <laughs> you know, if you start playing him 15, 17 minutes a game, whatever it is, it's, it's tougher to do that. Um, King Ace. Would you give up a first to get off Fournier? Didn't even see this comment until, uh, and I said what I just said a minute ago. I, I don't know it. Here's what I do know, and, and shout out to Jeremy Cohen. He he made this point abundantly clear in this in this week's podcast. At some point before 2023, they have to consolidate some of their draft assets. They have four second round picks in 2023, and they have three probably again depending on the Hornets pick. Three first-round picks. They have to consolidate. I think there's a real chance that they get Turner using the Dallas pick and the Pelican, uh, Pelicans, the uh, the Hornets pick, plus maybe a second or two, and, and again, and, and Knox and salary or whatever. If that's not on the table, you know, or I can only get Turner by giving up Deuce or Grunt, and I don't want to do that. Um would I consider tossing one in to, to, to offload Fournier if I'm getting back a player who I like? You know, but again, if you're getting back a player you like, if you get back Eric Gordon, again, there's still a rotation problem, right? That still brings back someone that you're getting to play minutes. Um, and, and that's what we're trying to get around here. I, there's really no easy answers right now. Um, in a perfect world, you're probably just saying we fucked up on the 48 thing and you're trading him for some bad expiring salary in a perfect world to a team that looks at 48 and it's like, Hey, 
we feel okay. We feel like we could use him. Is that a reality? Probably not. Uh, maybe maybe you get him. Maybe you get him off the books for a second. Although I, we'll see. Keith Austin, what are two or three trades that you'd like to see before the deadline? Free the kids. Uh, hashtag free the kids. Um, again, I've been very honest about the fact that well, I don't think Miles Turner fixes everything. I would like to see Miles Turner here. I think he will help a lot. Um, we've talked about Fournier. You know the possibility of of, of offloading him. Um, I I don't know. It's too early for me. I I wrote about it yesterday, today. I don't know. Today, I think. The just just the notion of what what would be the what what is the trade market for for Julius? That's all. I just I wonder that. I just wonder. Um. That's all. Uh, Jeremy Chase, what's going on, Jeremy? Evan Fournier has been sent through time from the 90s to revive the stereotype that European players are soft and play no defense. Hashtag time flop. That's a good hashtag. Time flop. It's like a, it reminds me of Endgame, time heist, except time flop. Um, I wish we could do a time heist where we, where we uh, send Fournier back to the 90s. Um, it's so strange because, like, I remember sending out Newsletters at the beginning of the year where I was praising him in four days defense. I was praising his, like, being on the ball, getting in passing lanes, opportunistic, like, steals, and, like, knowing when to double and being on the, you know. And I, I – where has that gone? I don't know. I don't know where it's gone. But it, it's gone. And uh, you're right. He has revived the stereotype. Um. And uh, hold on, somebody just told me read read uh, Fred Katz's tweet on Deuce McBride. Uh, let me, I'll pull up, uh, I'll pull up Freddie over here. Uh, Fred, killing it by the way. <laughs> what is this? Steph, uh, the, Steph Bonney just tweeted out the back page of tomorrow's Daily News. Mick, who? Question mark. With COVID and injuries taking their toll, McBride, Robinson, and Quippy take over to end Nick Skid. I don't know about McWho. I think we all knew who Deuce McBride was. Um, but again, I digress. Uh, I didn't see. Uh, I didn't see. I don't see a Fred. Maybe I'm missing a Fred tweet here. All right, Andrew, see if you can find. Oh, here we go. Um. And now we wait to see Tom Thibodeau, how Tom Thibodeau handles rookies. Grimes dropped 27 points, then went into protocols. Does he receive opportunities once he's out? McBride just stepped up with everything, defense, nine assists, zero turnovers. Do these guys play? And if so, who doesn't? Yeah, I don't know. Again, wouldn't there be egg on my face if I just got done talking for the better part of an hour about how they can't bench Evan Fournier? And wouldn't it be funny if Tom Thibodeau benches Evan Fournier? Nothing would shock me. Here's why nothing would shock me. Because I think Tom Thibodeau has such currency within the organization that, like, of course the front office is being like, you got to get this guy through it. We have him on the books, this and that. It wouldn't shock me if Tibbs was like, go fuck yourselves. This is my last shot as an NBA head coach. 
I'm playing who's going to give me the best chance to win. I don't know. Nothing would shock me. Nothing really. Nothing would shock me. Uh, Michael Aaron. Uh, what's going on, Michael? How are you, my man? Um, just for fun. We trade Randall and trade Fournier. Where? Um, I know IQ and Deuce are small, but they have huge wingspans. They do. Um, you know what they say about huge wingspans? Uh, get Turner and show me Deuce IQ, RJ, OB, Turner. Um, I, I'm more like the, the version of the team that, that I is really interesting for me to, to, for me to think about is like, and again, they're not going to do this at all. They're, they're not going to do this. I, the Kings I'm sure wouldn't do it, but like the notion of swapping out Randall for one, another dynamic guard doesn't have to be a perfect guard, but like, I wonder if, 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 like, just, again, we're shooting the shit here, right? We're 51 minutes into the live stream. Like, Randall for Fox, right? So you bring in Fox. Fox has obviously had his issues this year. I don't, I don't think he's he, – uh, by all accounts, his defense has been shit. Um, he's obviously not hitting three-pointers. The Kings have been terrible. He's has some awful on-off. Like, other than Randall, who has the worst on-off of any, like, quote-unquote star player in the league, Fox is next. He's the next worst. If those two teams just like were like, okay, let's swap problems. It was one Kentucky guy for another, um, which again, I don't think they're going to do because I don't. They're not going to send Randall to Sacramento. But just for argument's sake, if they brought in another dynamic guard and the entire offense was like Fox, Rose, quickly, Deuce, Burks, um, Fournier off the bench, you know, whatever. Uh, well, I guess you'd still have one too many, right? Because then RJ's still here. Uh, whatever you 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 that <laughs> you put you, you find another home for Fournier. All these guys that can put the ball on the floor and drive, and then you got Obi doing his thing, playing off of these all these dynamic guards. That's a really fun and interesting team. It's not like a contender or anything, but it's a fun and interesting team. Um, it's one you'd love to see what they could do. Um, that's interesting to me. But, you know, we'll see. Um, Mangu Man. To be fair, they ran horns with Mitch and Randall in the fourth successfully. They did. Absolutely. Again, my, my issues with Mitch are not on the offensive end. Um, nor are they, quite frankly, with Randall. I thought Randall on, on offense, you know, he's trying. He's, he's, he's working his shit out on offense. And I, 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 I'm, I have a lot more – I have a lot more – I'm not saying he was good on offense tonight, Randall – I have a lot more sympathy for him on offense than I do on defense. The difference was the guard had the ball to make the decisions. Yeah. Um, yes, 100%. Which, by the way, I we were talking about, or some of us were talking about, for the whole beginning of the year. Randall, going back to what he was, more or less, in L.A. and, and New Orleans, where he was more of a finisher, where he didn't commandeer the offense, and he played off of guards or wings. Who had the ball in their hands a lot, and then, but that never happened with with Fournier and, and Kemba to start the year. It did not happen with Kevin to Kemba to start the year. It was never. It was always like Julius would like, okay, he'd set a screen for Kemba or whatever. Occasionally, he would finish a pick and roll with Kemba initiating, but there was no. It was also. It was always like, this is my offense, and I'm gonna take some possessions or segments of games where it's gonna be your offense, and I'll try to assist you there. 
There's never any synergy with Kemba. There was some synergy with with Fournier a little bit that looked like with Bullock last year. But I agree with you. If Randall's playing off of guards and he's 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 the more of a finisher, you know where. And by the way, he's a finisher who can make decisions and make passes and all that stuff. Like, there's a world where it works. It's just you know we haven't seen enough of it. Uh, John Kim, do you think Portland would give us? Oh boy, here we go. Do you think Portland would give us Dame for Randall, RJ, and Fournier? I think my brain just broke. Um, let me just at least do the math in my head. The math, the math works. Um, <laughs> um, Randall is too ball dominant and holds the ball too long after he gets it. Uh, his his holding the ball too long after he gets it is again. It's what worked last year. It hasn't worked this year. Um, Yes, it sucks and it's frustrating to watch. Um, would Portland do that? No, Portland would not do that. <laughs> would the Knicks do it? Yeah, the Knicks, I think, would do it. Um, that's not that trade's not going to happen. I like the creativity though. I like the creativity. Um, uh, what else we got? <laughs> Andrew, you're too funny. Uh, do, do, do. Hold on. Got a lot of stuff. Uh, okay, let's finish up here. We're trying to get it in under the hour mark. You guys have been great tonight. Thank you so much. And, again, I, I think Andrew got all any super chats that I missed in real time. Um, if uh, if he didn't, if I missed you, uh, honor code, honor code, just type in the regular chat and Andrew will, Andrew will get you. Oh, he said I got them all. Okay. Um, Harry Donor. Seems like there's a hesitancy to place any blame on the front office or Tibbs. The front office built the roster and Tibbs' job is to make it work. I still believe in Tibbs and Leon, but they are certainly haven't been perfect. Yeah, I don't I don't think they've been perfect. I don't think Tibbs has been perfect. I just the reason I, I, I get so vociferous with my defense of Tibbs is because and I, I had a little bit of a rant about this at the end of the last live stream is because I see what this franchise does to head coaches. And this franchise, again, if you go through the last 20, ever since Jeff Van Gundy, and you just look at the res- the resumes of the, head- of the head coaches that have been here before they came, and then in some cases the results of the head coaches after they left, and then how they did here. Um, and I'm not saying they, these guys were good a lot. You know, most of them were, were bad, but and that's but even then, it's like I wonder how many people are dying to take the, you know this job with all that comes with it, and this market, this owner, you know, still exists. So my my defensive Tibbs is just like, is he the perfect coach? Of course, he's not the perfect coach. There's, you know, it's Pop, it's Spo. I mean. It's popping its smoke, basically, you know. Rick Carlisle was looked at as like a, a a absolute no-brainer top five head coach in the league for a long time. You know, how, how did he do? How did he finish up in Dallas? How 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 do people think he's doing in in Indiana right now? Um, Doc, you know, Doc's gonna make the. I mean, he, he's a Hall of Fame head coach. He's won a championship. Like, 
everywhere Doc goes. They fucking can't wait to get him out of time. Like, this happens with head coaches. Um, he's a good head coach. He's a good head coach. He knows what he's doing. I, I, I He hasn't been perfect. As for the front office, you know, it's a group of guys that are still kind of feeling their way. And the one guy who's been doing it for 20 years is Scott Perry, who I've been, I haven't been bashful about the fact that I don't really necessarily trust Scott Perry's talent evaluation um, at all times. Uh, Yeah, they deserve some blame. Um, At the same time, I also think they deserve praise because there was an opportunity here with this team, with this franchise to, look at last year and and really do some silly shit uh, as a result of it. And I know that, you know, the third year for Fournier is kind of having all of us a little bit, a little bit high strung at the moment, but they, they were conservative this off season and they tried to kind of toe the line. It didn't work, you know? Um, But I think they've done a pretty good job. I think both, both, both parties have been above, above board forgotten NYC. I'm not going to read that. John Kim, he's, he's, he's trying. Uh, Keith Alston, Evan for Pat, Bev, and Josh Okogie. Um, I'll be honest. I know Pat Bev was hurt for a little while. Is he still hurt? Um, I, you know, in terms of his place in the, in the uh, Timberwolves rotation, I'm, I'm not, I'm not 100%. I, I have not been following the, them as quickly or as closely as I should. Um, would I do that? Yeah, of course I do it. Um, I don't think you're going to see that, especially since Josh Okogie is a good young player. Um, and I, I don't think they're just going to give up on him. I know he, he's kind of persona non grata there at this point, but, uh, I'd do that. I think there was, I think there's going to be a, a taker somewhere for Fournier if they, if they want to move him. I just, you know, you may have to throw a little something in. Um, Dom Cappuccini after undrafted Jeremy Lin is the idea of starting Deuce that crazy season on the line just like it was in 2012 no nothing's crazy nothing's crazy because just like that team I remember that team very well they were what were they when they put Lin in the starting lineup were they like 8 and 15 8 and 14 something like that it was wasn't good uh, it was desperation time and uh, I don't think we're we're quite there yet, again, because of the nature of the contracts and whatnot. But, no, nothing's crazy. It's certainly not crazy. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, I, think, I think we're caught up. I see a lot of cra- lying, uh, cra- crying laughing emojis. Um I see Andrew here in the in the chat. Vociferous? What's wrong with vociferous? Did I say it wrong? You, Andrew got on my my pronunciation of uh, Pat Connaughton. And who's the other one, Andrew? I'm forgetting. Oh, Tyler. 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 Uh, I'm not calling him hero. He's he's Tyler Harrow in my book. Um, and uh, somebody's saying I should read a different tweet from. Uh, Fred Katz, I'll look it up right now to see if there's something else that I missed. And then we're going to get out of here. Uh, By the way, thank you for anybody in here who saw Spider-Man and did not spoil it. I have not seen it yet. I'm seeing it, I hope, with my oldest on Saturday. 
Um, no, there's no other Fred um, tweet. Um, so yeah, thanks for not spoiling Spider-Man. Um, uh, and uh, that's it. Oh, we got one more. Uh, Jessica, my, my buddy, Jessica. How are you, Jessica? I don't care if Kemba became our Udonis Haslam as long as we get rid of Evan. Deuce McBuckets like that. Deuce McBuckets was amazing tonight. Would love to see Obi, IQ, Sims, Grimes, Deuce lineup someday for fun. Let's go Knicks. Um, yeah, somebody uh, DM me. It was like a month or so ago when they were playing a lineup that had Sims in it. And they were like, when's the last time the Knicks had five players on the court at the same time that were all drafted by the team? And um, I haven't had a chance to do, like, research on that, but that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. Um, look, there's some good stuff going on here. I don't know that, like, the season got turned around tonight, but uh, they, they did need a win, and they got a win. Um, so I'm happy about that. And, uh, yeah, we'll see if we get another one. If they win in Boston on Saturday night, I'll, I'll be – I'll have a little bit of a more – vociferous uh, tone as far as how stringently uh, or, or, or uh, how much I will, um, I will, I will increase my positivity level about this team for the rest of the year. All right. I see, I see Andrew. Apparently uh, um, I see Andrew. <laughs> apparently there's some spoilers. Luckily I, I haven't seen them. Sorry, Andrew. I shouldn't have brought anything up. Um, okay. Uh, I will uh, see everybody later. Peace out.